if if you think that something is unfair, then there's this victim mentality. And our society, like I mentioned, helps create that. The last few years have been trying for our population altogether. Finding new ways to inspire personal empowerment can be a powerful skill to regulate in this new world being birthed before our eyes. Thankfully, today's guest, Dana Sardano, will give us the tools we need to empower our lives with 10 recommendments for personal empowerment. I'm your host, Sam Aiko, and this is The Organic Matrix. If you help, if you felt helpless lately, you're not alone. The seasons are changing, and summer has come to an end. Matrix members, if you're going through seasonal depression, I'm right there with you. When I met Dana, I knew she can help us find ways to empower ourselves during these times. Dana Sardano is the owner, resident artist, and intuitive at Ubuntu Fish Gallery in Stewart, Florida, and a, pub- and a published author, a co-founder, chief officer of curriculum and content at finduniquelyyou.com. After picking up a paintbrush for the first time in 2015, since her childhood in June 2017, she decided to retire from a 23-year-long career in education to embrace an artist's life fully and to model for her daughters the importance of listening to your soul's purpose by following your bliss. She spent two years honing her craft and developing her intuition and opened Ubuntu Fish Gallery in September 2019. Two years after she took her leap of faith from traditional education, Dana has recently partnered with Angela DeMarco to create finduniquelyyou.com, an online extra educational resource to uplift and inspire those ready to embrace life. Dana's role at Uniquely You is to assist the like-minded you instructors of the Uniquely You community so they can embody their most authentic existence and galvanize themselves in many uplifting and self-empowering ways so they can do the same for others. Make sure to bookmark this episode and subscribe to our show so you don't miss out on the wisdom of our Matrix mentors. Uh, I'm now in uh, Stewart, Florida. Lovely. I, I'm originally from New Jersey. I'm sure you'll pick up on that as we continue the conversation, but I'm in Florida right now. I love that you mentioned that you're from New Jersey. So I'm from Staten Island, and I knew. Oh! I was, I was like, Why do I feel like I grew up with you, Donna? Like you could have been one of my teachers, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, there's no shaking it. I've been in Florida. Oh my God! I graduated high school. I went to I went to college in Tampa and migrated to the to the southeast. But uh, yeah. You can take the girl out of Jersey, but that's, you know, that's as far as it goes. <laughs> what inspired you to become an educator? Whew. You know, as kids, you know, you, you know, who wants to be a fireman, who wants to, you know, be a, a nurse or, a, or an artist or whatever. I never grew up wanting to be a teacher. It, it Like, I wanted to be a veterinarian or an artist because, you know, I like playing with frogs and, you know, and I like drawing stuff. But it's just, you know, they talk about the gift. It's just who I am. So even when I left education in the traditional sense, I'm like, I'm going to be an artist. And I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And here I am back in education, and but uh, on my own terms, which is nice. Absolutely. I feel like being a teacher, it chooses you, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like pets, 
right? The pets <laughs> choose you, you know, you, and, but yeah, exactly. It totally chose me and I fought it, but yeah, but you are who you are and you have to be honest about that, you know? Absolutely. There's definitely a gift inside that the universe wants you to share. I, I can relate to that. I never thought I would want to be a teacher either, but I kept finding myself in positions where like I was a ABA technician for kids on the spectrum. That's something I noticed you uh, taught for a special education. And I wanted to give you my respect and my thank you for that service, because it's so important that these kids get the attention that they need. They just that's all they need. Just a little bit more attention. But yeah, I can really, and I, you know, just to add to that, not only do they need a little more attention, they need a little more understanding and not getting too far into it. But what I noticed, remember, I've seen education from the early 90s to present. And I, and I was in as a student, you know, in, in the 70s and 80s. <laughs> and so what I noticed is the pendulum from the 70s and early 80s was all the way on one side. You stuck them in a room, you put them on a short bus and, and they, you know, don't bother the other kids. But then it swung really, really far in the other direction. Let's cater to them, give them everything that they want and need, but not give them the tools that they need to better succeed. And it created even more of a stigma while trying not to create the stigma, right? It's a little paradoxical. And now what I'm what I'm hoping will begin to happen, or at least in, in what I do, is bring the pendulum back to center where yes, they have special needs, but they're not you know, it doesn't mean we put them in an ivory tower and, and now they're just special in a different way. No, we help them adjust to the world around them. Yes, and I and I love that that's the, the principle that you're that you're showing right now because I think that's something that we all as a baseline need to get under control. Like our education system doesn't teach us how to self-regulate and we're all unique. Oh, you're so smart. <laughs> <laughs> A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Our society doesn't teach us how to self-regulate. And what our society is doing, it's creating a polarization between everything that isn't in perfect agreement. So rather than teach us all as the individuals, like you said, to self-regulate, to better understand who we are, how to adapt to our circumstances and to the world around us, we're like, no, no, no here's the right category and here's the wrong category and if you're in the right category you hate the wrong category and vice versa and it's creating so much dissension and um mm -hmm. and yeah it all comes down to the self and self-regulating pretty insightful girl i like it thank you <laughs> can you tell us about your journey and your passion for art so that's a good one so, so as you know, I was an educator uh, in the traditional sense for a whole bunch of years. And um, in 2015, I had probably been teaching about 20 years at that point, but in 2015, I decided to do something different. I'd always been creative. Like I said, when I was a little kid, I wanted to be an artist, but then, you know, that dies out when they tell you you can't do that because you can't make money and artists starve. Or at least that's that's the gen that was the general feeling when I was growing up. And whatever, it came and went like everything else. But I picked up a paintbrush for the first time in 2015. My husband and I, I wanted to do something different on a Friday night. We would go to Costco, come home, be in bed by eight, be done with it. So we decided to go to Michael's and get a bunch of craft supplies and paint at home. And when I painted my painting, he was like, oh my God, I think you're good. 
And it wasn't great, but it clearly had promise. And I was like, oh my God, I think so too. And what happened that day was I did something different. I had a nudge, I listened, I said yes, and I painted. And then when it woke me up, I didn't ignore it. And I was compelled and I had to paint every day after that. And I, I had a pretty stressful job at the time. I was an administrator in a, a private college preparatory high school. And I was the one, I was the one, you know, that one, the administrator and the teacher that like did not agree with anything anybody else was doing because my way was right. I was that one. And so it was exhausting. And I'd come home every night and my kids were young and I'd feed them and put them to bed and put the sheet on the dining room table and I would paint. And this went on for months. And then I found my voice. And oh, I was going to work. I was giving people paintings. I was hanging them in my office. But it evolved. Somebody then offered to pay me for a painting. And I was like, ooh, I could get paid for this. And then because I'm in Florida, um, you know, because of the season, because the season, I should say, uh, <laughs> there's art festivals all year. So I started doing art festivals. You know, long story short, it uh, evolved rather quickly. And by this, so that was January 2015. By the spring of 2016, I was now miserable in my job. A job that was stressful, but is now miserable because all these components. And by the fall of the 2016-2017 school year, I walked in day one and I sat down with my principal and I said, I can no longer do this when I know that I can do that. I said, you have a year. So I left in June 2017 and I left a six-figure job. Um, I told my husband, I thought he was going to have a heart attack, but I my six-figure job. And he said to me, you want to do this? You want to commit to this? You want to make a life out of this? He's like, we, we had a beautiful little house by the by the beach that we had just renovated he was like we have to sell the house and move to a house that we could afford like out into a rural area and um and you have to give me the keys to your mercedes because we need you need to drive a car that we can afford and without hesitation i handed him the keys our house almost immediately went on the market within six months we moved i left my job and here i am living happily ever after i mean yada 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 there's a lot more to be said but i'm sitting here with you right now finding success in my bliss i love it and god bless you oh, right? god, yes and god bless your husband i love his support and i have oh. to give a shout out to him because that's priceless when you have somebody in your corner like that that's like Try it. Do it. Trust the universe. Trust your instincts. Yeah, yeah. He's a good man. And and the real irony there is he's typically a non-trusting guy uh, about anything. And, uh, you know, we all have our own brand of damage, but he carries anxiety. So mm -hmm. even more so for him to do that is just beyond measure because he, he, it, it really caused him to be like throwing up in his mouth every day. And he believed so much in me that he put himself aside and supported me. So yeah, shout out to Rob, man. He's, he's the man. Oh, your story has like all the components of a spiritual journey. And that's what I love so much about it. Like the universe gave you a calling. You were wise enough and brave enough to answer the, that's that's my favorite part of it, like that you took that leap. And I, it's interesting how the universe works that like when God opens a door for you and if we're like sitting there like staring at it, it he will make our present conditions unbearable for us to move. And so thank you so much for sharing that. Like I feel like you've had a moment with the divine with your story. Yeah, moments. Oh, my goodness. Um, 
I'm sure at some point we'll talk about, you know, how the art turned into, you know, authorship. But the books that I've written uh, are about this actual experience and exactly what you're saying. And it's uh, and I share it in a way so people could understand that it's not out of their reach. You know, like I have friends tell me, you make it look easy. I'm like, well, you don't see behind closed doors. You just see the fruits of my labor. You know what I mean? But it's out there for all of us. And and I'm listening to you. And clearly there's there's a, an age discrepancy between the two of us. So for you to have this wisdom at half my age makes me a little jealous. But <laughs> like, oh, I wish I came out of the rapper like that. But you truly have such a magnificent life ahead of you having this wisdom now. So good for you. Really good for you. It's awesome. Thank you. And I have to attribute that to generous mentors like you, because talking to people on this podcast, I have to like accept your um, compliment and but also send it up to God for sending me mentors like you and people willing to be vulnerable and sharing their experiences. And I hope I hope our listeners get the same the same privilege, you know, like the to start with this wisdom early because I know I'm 25 and it's such a it's you what you're saying makes me appreciate my age because, you know, as we age, we start looking back like, man, if I was at this maturity at 18 and I wasn't chasing stimulation, where would I be like instead of chasing boys, where would I be, you know? So yeah, I, yeah, but it's all part of it's it's all an amalgamation of who you are now, and uh, you know I would always do that thing. Oh my god, at eighteen I thought I was so smart, and then at twenty five I was like, oh my god, I was so dumb, and then at thirty I was like, who the hell did I think at twenty five? Now I'm to the point that I'm like, oh my god, remember yesterday when I thought I was super smart because it accelerates. Like the more you allow yourself to step into awareness and the more willing you are to have the experiences and to release the fear uh, or to release the fear and have the experiences is actually in that order. Um, the, the growth, the awareness is exponential. Mm. And you'll see, like I think back to myself two months ago, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so much wiser than I was two months ago. So girl, strap yourself in. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. And I would love to talk about your books now. I would love it to be a perfect segue into, I would love to hear about how your art journey turned into you becoming an author, how your art evolved. Wow. So, so I'll try to do this uh, succinctly because there's so much involved. But when I left my job, I was determined I was going to be a successful artist. So now we live out in the woods. My, we buy a huge shed. My husband maxes it out. You know, he puts the, the sheetrock and the air conditioner unit. We have windows in it. There's a loft, you know, the whole deal. And that became my studio for two years as I was figuring it out. What I didn't account for, and I was always intuitive and I was always, um, you know, on the fringe a little bit about things. But what I didn't account for was I was not just returning to nature because we really moved out into this rural community. I was so we lived in the woods, but I was returning to self and I was having all of these spiritual experiences. And the more I embraced them and the more I grew or, or, or evolved, the more I call them unicorns, like you're a unicorn, you're a little unicorn, you're a little mini unicorn. But these unicorns fell out of the sky and because I became aligned with them, right? So now I'm meeting people that are like-minded. I'm dissolving relationships that no longer serve me. And there's like a whole 
I mean, you know, it's not easy. Oh, I dissolved the relationships. No, you have fallings out or you lose touch and you feel guilty and all these things happen. But I'm having all these spiritual experiences that I don't even realize. And for two years I was out there and it led me to meet some great people and then to wind up opening a gallery of my own. I'm obviously leaving out a lot of details. But in opening my gallery, now I'm meeting because it's an art gallery and intuitive lounge. And um, it's called Ubuntu Fish Gallery. And Ubuntu, oh my God, there's so much to tell you. I'm trying to be succinct. Ubuntu means um, I am because we are. It's this idea of unity consciousness and lifting each other up. But without the abs without forgetting about the importance of the self. So first we take care of ourselves and then we take care of the world around us and we uplift and inspire one another. So this started to become my mission. Right. The books. So the first one, I got COVID in uh, the spring of 2021. My whole family, we dropped like dominoes. We're like, oh, there's four of us. I have two young children and my husband and I. And boom, 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 we dropped. And in that stillness, because as we know, people talk about meditating and sitting in stillness and all of these things. In that stillness, I um, all of these profundities, all of this really profound wisdom that I would share with people during my intuitive guidance at the gallery started plopping into my head in, in, in different ways, in, in more succinct ways. And so I started writing it down. You know, I don't know if you have had COVID or it's just if you've been sick. You know, you're laying in bed, you're just like, oh, my God, just don't make me have to get up and go to the bathroom. So I would grab my phone and I would write it in my notes. And when I started feeling better, I looked. And I noticed I had 10. So I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I'm like, let me put it on my computer. Maybe I'll do a lecture series at the gallery. So as I'm writing it out, I'm like, let me put some descriptions. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm writing a book. So I start, yeah, so I started, it wasn't like, oh, I wanted to write this book my whole life. Although when I was your age, I always knew I had a colorful life experience that I would write a book, but it began to write itself because as you know, these things come through you right? They don't come from you. They come through you. So I'm writing this book and I wrote it like in like a month's time. But what I did was I took, I took my experiences. It's very anecdotal. And what I learned from experiences and just because I come from a dumpster fire of an existence and I've created this beautiful life. Oh yeah. 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 I would have been hatched from an egg being all magical. Like I totally, <laughs> like, oh yeah, it sucked. I figured out how to make it unsuck, and here I am sitting here with you. So cool, right? Right? So that's what I'm saying. You know, you come out of the gate doing great. So it's awesome because people in, of my generation, you know, we've really had to uh, – we're like kind of paving the way for you guys, and we're going to hand the baton to you guys, and you guys are going to kill it, you know, as far as running the world. Again, my children are young. They're 11 and 13. And so I see me in them as far as personality type, but I'm teaching them differently than I was taught through modeling and through all, you know, and I'm seeing the difference. It's really cool. Anyway, back to my story. So <laughs> I write this book and it's it's like a how-to meets a, a loose autobiography. So I use my anecdotes and my life experience to help people walk through their story. I'm not a guru standing on top of a hill going, this is how you should do it. I'm saying we're we're all very similar. We just have different faces, different players, different experiences, but it's all the same principles. And this is what it looked like. And so I came up with the 10 recommendations for personal empowerment because there's 10, because, you know, I'm so smart. And, uh, <laughs> and here we are. The second one, which I'm not going to do a big, long explanation, but it's called Beyond the 10. 
decoding the woo-woo. And that one, it, it chronicles my spiritual journey. So the first is how I became empowered. And the second is after I left my job, became an artist, and what that unintentional spiritual journey looked like. I wasn't speaking it. I kind of, it just happened as a result of me saying yes to my creativity. So they're kind of like, you know, a sister set. I love that. And and hearing your hearing this the blurb of it makes me really want to read these books because I love that you that you that you're very grounded in knowing that you didn't have to accept your circumstances. I love that you got yourself unstuck. That you're like, this is not where my story belongs. It I love that you took control over it. And that is crazy, but that's the sacrifice of these amazing insights and gifts sometimes. Like sometimes like these obstacles and the and sometimes trauma could be in a in a weird warped way, a gift from God, like a challenge. It's a total gift. Yeah. So they're all gifts. We don't see it that way because it sucks when you're in it, but it's all gifts. Yeah, it gives us so much empathy, it gives us depth and I guess that's when uh, we look back at our eighteen year old selves and we're like if you knew, and yeah. like meditating lately, I had uh, a lot of loss in my life recently. Um, a, a couple of people and like my dog passed away that were close to me. And I realized that life is meant to like, as, as much gratitude as you can have for the present moment is the closer to nirvana, salvation that we can get because our goals and our fantasies and our ideas of what we need to have what we should have what the cost of our happiness like that's all an illusion and and losing people in life is really like making me humble to that that every moment that I could find peace and gratitude like even for the chair I'm sitting on the conversation we're having like the privilege that I get to be here that's where my happiness should be coming from. Not like, oh, I want a million views on my podcast, then I'll be happy. Like that's not that's that's a trap. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't know it's a trap. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, well let me let me tell you, the the um you know, talking about the recommandments, the first recommandment is I shall not claim victimhood. Because we, especially those that have had tragedies, and a victim, you know, I use the word victim as a very strong word, and it's easy to get your back up. I'm not a victim. And I remember for years, all through my, I had a real rough decade in my 30s. I was single the whole time, and I was meeting all these guys. You know, I say jerk after jerk after jerk, but really, there were guys that I was in alignment with because I was unhealthy, right? And even though I thought of myself as a powerhouse, I still, if, if you think that something is unfair, then there's this victim mentality. And our society, like I mentioned, helps create that. You're victim or victor. You're right or wrong. You're black or white, right? And if we could just realize that one thing, that we are not victims, everything around us is just information. That's all it is. And, and the second recommandment is, um, I shall not become entrenched in my emotions. We are gifted, yeah, you got it. We are gifted a an emotional and physical guidance system to help us navigate this, right? So I'm just gonna table the physical for a second. Um, that's recommendment number eight. 
But recommendment number two is our emotions. And we are gifted this emotional guidance system. But what happens is because of our beliefs and our attachments, recommendment number six, based on how we think things should be and our expectations, we get entrenched in our emotions because we were wronged and it was bad. And it, But the reality is, if something feels good, like like not like um, fleeting good, but like good in your soul, mm. do more of that. Yeah. And if something feels yucky, do less of that, right? And that's your guidance system. When we become entrenched with those emotions, we start blaming others. So if we could take a second, and I know anybody who's listening, people have had tragic, tragic stories. I can share a couple stories that will curl your hair, but I'll spare you right? We all have our stories. But when we remove ourselves and say, what was this situation telling me about me? What was, what do I like? What, what will I accept? What are my beliefs about myself? What are my boundaries? What are not my boundaries? And we realize that. And then we and we realize that we've created patterns in our life based on these beliefs about ourselves. And then when we can readjust that, then life starts to look a little bit better. Then you start to recognize your worthiness. Then you start to stand in your power a little bit. That's like what the first book's all about. People think spirituality is something outside of them. No, it's it's becoming one with yourself, respecting yourself, standing in your own power, and then the magic happens. And then the spiritual nature goes from there. I love you nodding. It's awesome. I love <laughs> it. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of a recent podcast I listened to with Jay Shetty and he talked about a story that reminds me and I agree with you 100%. He said there was a pantheon of gods talking about how they have this key to unlimited wisdom and power and they didn't want the humans to get this because they didn't want us to abuse it because they saw what happened with Prometheus and they're like, where can we hide this that they won't find it? They're like, not the ocean. They found they found Pandora's box in the ocean, uh, maybe outer space. But one, and then Hermes, I think Hermes, uh, Hermes like God. You know how Hermes is, like mischievous. Yeah. He's like, uh, I know one place they'll never find it, and they're like, where? Within. Ooh, yeah. I just got chills from head to toe, even in some strange spots. I got all chills just now. And, and you know, do you mind if I piggyback that a little bit? Please. So, yeah, hide it within. And I've been having the, I, I, this, I've heard this come out of my mouth a couple times in conversation over like the last week or so. And, you know, we all understand that there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom, right? And so knowledge is something that you learn. It's important because we need knowledge about things to help us navigate things, right? So knowledge is important, but knowledge is processed through the brain, right? And 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 the brain is separate from the heart. Wisdom is processed through our experiences and it's processed through the heart and it imprints on our soul. But when we live in fear, that's the only thing keeping us, right? When we live in fear, then we don't have the experiences and then we're not able to process them through our heart. And so this whole idea of they'll never look within, looking within comes from reflecting from the experiences we have. But again, if we live in fear of judgment, what will they say? Or how do I do this? Or if I left my job, how will we feed our family? We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. And so I think that's a, a brilliant parable or legend or story or whatever you want to call it. And uh, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree anymore. Thank you. And I love the recommendments. I really have, I, 
I think it, I always believe in divine intervention. I don't think anything happens by accident in this universe. Um, everything is just too divinely perfect. <laughs> and and I was in a position in my life where like I was going through these losses and um, I guess I'm holding a lot of space now. A lot of space was created recently for me. And I'm thinking about how I want to decorate this new space. And uh, and I love that. Like I was thinking about going to a Buddhist temple because like I just wanted to try something different. I want a new perspective on things. And then I come across your 10 recommendments. And what you're saying is speaking straight to my soul and my inner dialogue in my head. I've Because of these losses, I've been emotional. And, you know, I'm from Staten Island. I'm from New York. So um, our emotions could be pretty rowdy. It can be pretty hard <laughs> to hone it in it's very easy to catch an attitude and not even realize it because of the accent like because of the dialogue just of the culture and you know to dial that back I was like I need some recommendments like I need something to ground myself that I can remind myself what principles I want to share with the world instead of like my rawness you know like I wanted to, I want to polish it so I, I have to thank you from my heart that I I, I love to hear about the recommendments and I would like to hear more because it's it's really becoming wisdom for me I feel like I'm downloading it and it's going to be a part of my DNA and I also love that you said that because in science a lot of people don't know this but we inherit trauma and we inherit like achievement so we hear a lot about the trauma side but the amazing thing is we inherit the good parts too. The, the, what, exactly what you said, those wisdom moments that get embedded in our souls, like our children and grandchildren, they, they're born with that too. And so I love that you're stepping into your power and you're encouraging other people to heal with you. It reminded me like if you were holding their hand, walking them home. And I really appreciate that because a lot of people think of coaching or um, a salvation, like a guru, like you said, that they're on a pedestal and you're actually loving thy neighbor because you're not holding a standard for them. You're holding space for them and you're showing them that if you can do it, they can do it. And not to be blasphemous, but that's kind of what Jesus wanted us to do. That was what he wanted us to walk in. He Not blasphemous, man. I, I don't want to start getting into conversations about Jesus because it's quite controversial. But that really is what his message was all about. It was just, oh, my God, love thy neighbor. Don't, you know what I mean? Nobody needs to be put on a pedestal. We're all, that's the Ubuntu. We're all in this thing together. We're mm -hmm. all in this thing together. But yet we can't assist one another if we don't care for ourselves. I, as you're talking, I'm like falling like deeper in love with you. And so I'm just letting you know, I was going to send you a link to the audio version. I, um, I, uh, I have it. I have the, the published paperback and Kindle on Amazon and some other places, but Amazon's always the easiest, but the audio version, uh, that I narrated is on finduniquelyyou.com, that, which is a platform with that you have to check out. Oh my God. It is for unicorns helping unicorns. I mean, it's the easiest way to say, it, but we have workshops and events and it's all about uplifting and inspiring. That's the most uh, inspiring, excuse me. That's the most watered down version I could give you. But the audio version of the book is exclusively on findingniquelyyou.com. You 
you'll see when you go on the website and anybody who's listening, it's fine uniquely you with the letter.com. Um, it's like I said, it's a lot to explain, but in the simplest of terms, we all are on this journey, right? And some of us, like I'll use myself as an example, I trudged through the shit, I figured it out, and I'm on the other side. I always visualize, like uh, in boot camp, where the guy would climb up the wall, you know, they go in the mud and then they climb up the wall, and the guy on the top of the wall, as he's coming over, he puts his arm out for the other guy. So, like, I'm that guy. Right. I'm like, come on, you know, and then are you instructors? They are um, they've also figured it out and they are teaching courses and they're being helpful. But then there's people that want to be a part of the community that just want to feel good and want to be like minded people, but haven't figured it out yet. But we are teaching workshops. We are having events. We are creating this like-minded community for others. You are in your own little bubble doing your thing, and there's others like you, and there's others like me. But for us to come together in solidarity, oh, my God, we'll crush it. Yeah. And the thing that's really cool about the about Find Uniquely You is because of my background in education, because I am the you know officer of uh curriculum and content. It's my job to make sure the you instructors we have are prepared to teach. So we have a ready set teach program. So you, you or you in general may have something that you're passionate about. Uh, you may have something that you've overcome. Like I'm teaching based on the 10 recs. You may even just have something like um, you like to paint and you want to teach people how to paint. It's anything about creativity and joy. And you're like, but I never taught. What do I do? You go through the program and and Kristen, who is our um, our director of cultural support, uh, global support and cultural development, forgive me. She's amazing, amazing, amazing. She will teach you how to bring it to life. So I help you create the foundation. She teaches you how to bring it to life. We graduate you. I'm in the process of graduating like a dozen new instructors right now because we just went through the process. And then you're now on the platform ready to teach. And we're becoming this beautiful family. We're real new. We're real new. We just, we've only started this a couple of years ago. And we just uh, unleashed, I always say unleashed, rolled out. The unleashed is like, Meh! but like rolled out the program uh, or the platform rather in, um, in June. So we're new, but we're we're on fire. We're ready to take the world by storm. So I'm inviting you to join us. You're awesome. Please. I'm in. I'm yeah. I'm so in. Yeah. I'm so inspired. You like all I hear in my head, like while you're telling me this is the Warriors of the Light. Like you ever have you ever read that book by Polio? No, but I, I understand the concept. Oh yeah, yeah, you're doing you're doing the world such a service. Like you like you are on you I I I'm so inspired. I love you're the perfect person for this because of your background. And it's so organized. I love I'm all chills. I'm all chills. And Angela, see, this was her brain baby. So there's so Angela and I have come together with partners. Kristen, she is the the Angela refers to us as her angel wings. So Angela is the brain, you know, this is her brain baby and, and Kristen and I. And then there, you know, there are other members of the team, and then obviously the U instructors. But Angela has 25 years. We were we went to college together. Wow. We went to college together. Yeah. And like I was her pledge mom. Like I was the pledge trader. She was the pledge. We're going back, way back. And then we lost touch and we both lived our little train wrecks of lives. And then in the last five to ten years, you know, we show up on Facebook, we see each other. And then in the last couple of years, because of certain circumstances, um, we rekindled a friendship. She did a, an intuitive guidance session with me. This was a couple of years ago. And she read the blurb for this concept. And she's like, what do you think? 
And I was like, and I paused and she was like, thought I was going to like shit all over it, you know? And I was like, this is gold. You have to do this. And since then we came together, she drives a ship. I threw some money at her. We, you know, and we really, and we, and we're doing it and, and everybody is aligning with us, but her background is in branding and marketing. So she's like, you know, oh yes, web designer, graphic designer. So she's got that head. Yeah. And then there's Kristen. Oh my God. There's nothing Kristen can't do. Kristen, we're all around the same age range, you know, within like three, four or five years of each other. But Kristen was in Parks and Rec for about 25 years and she did all the programming and she's got the brain for under, she's a brilliant teacher and, and, and she understands how to bring people together and lift people up. So now you got the three of us that balance that practical and that spiritual. There's usually a spiritual without the practical and they're all over the place or you have practical that are in this bubble without any kind of spirituality. The three of us balance the both and so we have created something like you said so organized and so kick ass and it, it speaks to so many people who don't even know yet that they need it oh. but but the, the 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 people of the light you see it you see it clearly yes i do yeah. i see this is the future this is what we need this is the culture that yeah like i I like the, you're giving me so much hope because like right like I've been praying a lot and I'm like can you give me a light because I'm because it's like we see after the pandemic like you know a lot of us kind of got into our own um Plato's allegory of the cave like we got into our own cave we painted our made our own shadows on the walls and we're all like kind of kind of coming out of it and like but trust there like it's like it's like learning how to trust other people again after like the last two, three years being so chaotic. Um, so like you, you saying that like you're over here training the warriors of the light and you're, and you're uh, spreading this culture of turning around, reaching back for your partner to pull them ahead of you. That's exactly what I was praying for. I was praying for people who still have the capacity to show us that before the boomers like grow too old where we don't listen to them because I like you're in my parents generation and I've never mm -hmm. seen work ethic like any other and like and, and passion and consideration that's the biggest thing like to see the parents how my parents are and then parents in my generation the only difference I see in the old school is that there's so much more humanness and like remedies and like wisdom like tangible knowledge tangible. That experienced right and then us is all meta all psychic it's all like oh let me look up a remedy on google it's not more yeah. it's not yeah it's not from a physical experience so to have that mentorship uh growing up I, like when you we stopped going to school i noticed that like i was yearning for a mentor because like in school i was always closest to the teacher because i had that that hunger to learn but i and when you graduate you realize like i wish i can go back to high school and maybe do an extra program like i wish you know i could go back to college and not mess around and so to have like the opportunity at any point of your life whether you're 50 60 40 30 to to go be a part of your program and to be reimmersed of sharp in sharpening up personal skills that matter i think that's so important especially when people hit, hit retirement and i even think that this is an important program for even kids before they go to college so they could find themselves yeah, yeah. And uh, but I'll tell you, you know, you refer to it as a program and that and the beauty of it is it's kind of not. And here's what I mean by that. 
we have been trained that you go to school to achieve a degree to use for something and it's usually useless, right? But this is the reason we call it an extra education program oh. or, or platform because it's just like you're going to to learn something that will just make you a better person. That's it and that's all. And just to give you some examples, like I said, I, I teach based on the 10 recs. I teach a course on chakras. I wrote a children's book on chakras, helping children regulate their emotions. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And uh, there is how to build your immunity. There is, you know, we have, oh, we have seven schools of thought. So we have the School of Creative Expression. So we have, oh my God, Miss Marie teaches a course on how to teach people sign language, like just by, through song. So she teaches like, oh my God, she teaches, I took one of her workshops where she taught uh, One Love by Bob Marley. And I'm all like, one love, but just because it feels good to do. And and because the, our classes, they're intimate. They're about, do we cap it at 25? Because the whole point is the community to interact as people, right? So we have the school of creative expression. We have the school of thrivelihood, like livelihood. So um, the reason we have that is because there's so many people that, no longer want to be in the grind. They no longer want to be in the nine to fiver and they have these beautiful skills, but they don't, or, or these beautiful ideas like, Oh, I want to teach Reiki or I want to start my own business. They don't know how to build a website. They don't know how to brand themselves. They don't know how to, to even stay in their job, but learn how to enjoy it. So the school of thrivelihood is teaching people that. We have the School of Metaphysics. Oh, my God. Everything. Oh, my God. We have so many cool things. The truth of our creation. What is your superpower? Talking about all the Claire's, right? Um, so many. And the, I, I could go through all of them, but I, I'm not going to. So any of my people that are listening to this, if I didn't mention your class, I apologize. But we have the School of Empowerment, which is, oh, my God, it's got a billion in it because that's where it starts, right? We have the Pharmacy School, spelled with an F. So yes. anything plant-based, uh, integrative wellness, nutrition, anything like that. We have the It Takes a Village School, and that's for the children. Anything, so it's mostly for caretakers and how they can better take care of the children. But we do have things for the children. We just don't have that, um, that uh, uh, audience yet. And then we have the Kitchen Sink School, which is anything that you want to teach that doesn't fall in any of the other schools. Mm -hmm. I feel like I missed a school. I'm sure somewhere in our conversation it'll pop, it'll pop in. But we have all these different schools of thought, and it gives people the opportunity to really just kind of experience and see what they want to learn and how they want to feel and grow. So cool. That is so cool. I, it sounds like a, like a self-actualized, like, school of thought I love it and I bet like one whenever you do integrative like events with the children like if you ever do a camp where you're showing these things like those kids are gonna have so much fun and their parents gonna be inspired I'm so into integrative health and it's incredibly 
it's incredibly crazy to me. That, like if you just do a little bit of research on certain herbs right in our spice cabinet, how real, like a hundred percent that our food is medicine. And so it's like crazy when we eat food for just pleasure, like when it has like empty calories and stuff. And we do that because we don't know, you know, we just don't know the capacity of these things because we're not taught, but our food is our medicine and our vitality and our youth and everything and when we learn the the building blocks of our body and we, we can make conscious decisions on how to use the pharmacy with the f life is unlimited because it's all about how we process it right oh like, girl i'm with you mm -hmm. i'm with you and this this is not for this conversation um but i just want to like drop the bomb and just leave it there when i was your age okay and I was her age, but when I was 25, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. And they removed my entire thyroid. I mean, you can see the scar on my neck. So they removed my entire thyroid, they removed two of my parathyroids. You know, I had the radiation and all that. They told me I'd be on medication my whole life. And I was, and I was healthy and all that. But as I'm learning how much control I have over myself and the environment around me based on the control of myself, I decided a couple of years ago that I was year and a half ago that I was going to grow back my thyroid, which is an impossible thing according to the medical community. You ready? Yeah. I started weaning myself off of my medication in November of 2020. And then by the spring of 2021, I was completely off my meds. Then I spent the next six months until the January of 2022. So now we're going, you know, whatever you could do the math. Um, it was rough because I wasn't, I, there's gotta be, you know, when we decide, when we set intentions, your energy, your belief has to be in alignment with your actions. And I had to work some things out. The second book talks about all this. So, oh my God, I gained like 50 pounds. If you see pictures of myself, I say, I have a, a, a folder in my pictures in my phone of Dana's got a thyroid problem where my head's like this big. If you know anything about the thyroid, it was horrendous. Long story short, I, I tried some wellness things. I, I did the things again for it's because it's a long conversation for another time. I do not take any medication. I am completely off my medication. I am completely healthy. I have no. God bless. You can do anything as long as you believe it, as long as the collective begins to believe it. And that's why we are shifting the, the, the world the way we are. And I'll tell you something else. It is, all my friends know about this thyroid thing. You were the first person I spoke to about this publicly because I know people are skeptical and I have to like present the truth, present the facts or the uh, evidence. And I don't yet have it available, but I am preparing to present the evidence. I'm going to get, get the scan. I have the blood work. I yeah. have the old, I have a file this thick of like 20 years of medical stuff. But, uh, but I actually have done it. You I don't know if there's real thyroid in there, but I'm functioning as if I have one. And integrative health and is a huge passion of mine. Uh, I lost my mom 2020 to COVID, but her health was. Oh, sorry. Thank but you. her health was probably was there was she struggling with her health prior? Yeah, it's because she uh, she was so skeptical about holistic wellness. Um, she was. I just think that she was too stressed to have the capacity to really realize how toxic the treats and stuff that she liked um that comforted her and so that really inspired me to spread education about knowledge of food 
and medicine, herbal medicine. Um, so I, I definitely, your story holds close to my heart. And that's a big truth that I want to reveal to people is that our diagnoses are not sentences. Yep. Yep. And to give you another little piece, I was diagnosed in 2015 with rheumatoid arthritis, which is a pretty serious one. It's mm-hmm. like, if, if you're not familiar, it's one of those autoimmune ones, mm-hmm. like, like lupus and fibromyalgia and all those guys. And I was, you know, the, if I, I was basically told if you don't take the medication, you're going to wind up in a wheelchair, you're not going to be able to move. And clearly I'm healthy. I mean, you've been talking to me for an hour, you know? And, uh, yeah. And so many other things. And when, when I send you a copy of my book, um, you'll read when I go through all the chakras, like it'll be clear why we get these illnesses, mm-hmm. where, you know, how this energy gets stuck, all of those things, all the things that I know that you know already, but, um, I paint it in a very specific light based on my own experience. It's really cool stuff. I love how you talk about it. It's it's a different dimension, like, because you speak so eloquently and then like you bring it down to earth where we can like understand it and relate to you. Like I've had doctors on our show and they explain it. Sometimes it gets lost in translation. Like if you don't know all the terminology, like the average person, like I even get, I have to Google it sometimes, like pause it. So I really love that you you bring the experience down to earth and these are the stories we need to hear because the the more people that step out and say, look, I took control of my health, you can do it too. The more people will be encouraged to do it. A lot of people are just scared because of dependence. Like like my yeah. like for example, yeah. like I have my mom a 25 superfood herbal remedy, best quality I could find. Um, it helps her like, extremely with her digestion. But it's interesting how if we don't have the mental capacity to do self-love and we're just putting people ahead of ourselves all the time, even though we know something is going to save our lives or even enrich it, it's very complexing to me how challenging self-care could be, even we, even when we know how much better our lives would be after we do it. Like, yep. Yep. It, it all comes down to worthiness. People are afraid and they don't trust themselves. They doubt themselves. They doubt their worthiness. And because they don't trust themselves, they look outward. And obviously the doctor should know more than me. I remember when I, I, I finally went and had blood work in the midst of all this thyroid thing where like, again, where my head was like four times the size. And I went to the doctor to appease my husband because he was having a nervous breakdown. Like, what the hell is she doing now? You know what I mean? You know, Because remember, he's a supportive guy and I'm just off doing all my maverick stuff. And I remember the nurse practitioner or whoever it was, I went to a clinic to get blood work and I told her I wasn't taking my meds and I was growing my thyroid back. And she looked at me and she goes, you know, you can go into a coma. And I said, well, I've been doing this long enough. Like I probably would have gone to into a coma already. And she said, no, you could go to a coma at any time. It doesn't matter. And if I was another person, I would have freaked out and gone and taken my medication, right? But she doesn't know. She only knows what she's been taught. So when I was leaving, she had my uh, thing in front of her, my whatever, my paperwork. And I pointed to the clipboard and I said, remember my name because you'll be hearing about me. And she's like, I hope so. And I walked out. And that's only because of who I am. And why am I so ballsy? I'm from Jersey. We opened with that, you know? But, But... I was like, it's amazing because the medical community, they're not bad. They just only know what they've been taught. There's corruption. I, I Listen, I don't want to get into the whole pharmaceuticals and all that, but the people who really want to help are just teaching what they were taught. Yeah. That's it. And it, it, 
it's it's like if like if we look at it as like not even going to the conspiracy route because it's very easy for me to do that too and we look yeah. at them as humans like i've interviewed and i love pod match for this i've interviewed probably six to seven doctors like and a few surgeons and they say the same exact thing and they say it's because we're taught sick care it's literally the doctors aren't required to learn the things they need to learn to heal the way they want to heal i know two three doctors that literally switched their whole practice once they had exposure to like hormones and how our diet and our environments influence things like for example at one point i was getting chronic bronchitis in high school and my doctor is like trying to give me steroids giving me medicine never asked me about my environment things that could have been giving me this illness could have been mold could have been dust could have been you know things that we don't see um i moved to georgia never got bronchitis again lived there for three years i've been living in new york now for three another three years still hasn't got haven't gotten chronic bronchitis like they don't ask they don't they don't approach the problem like a scientist and i feel like doctors should because they they give medicine based off of inference and symptoms and i think there should be more testing instead like there is this doctor ahmed i mean amen and he's a uh, very popular on Instagram and he's a psychiatrist and he started a, re- a revolutionary approach. He started doing brain scans on his clients that had depression, anxiety, ADHD. He wanted to see what their neural pathways look like to see if there's any contingencies. The board investigated him. He almost lost his license and all the doctors in his community were reporting him for what? For- yeah. Yeah. You know, again, and and I and I agree with you that now is not the time and place because the energy is good between us to get down the whole conspiracy theory thing. But I know that our we're thinking similarly. But I just give you one example is when I was in my late twenties, I moved up to New Jersey. I said two winters, you know. I was I lasted two winters. I came back down to Florida, but I thought I needed to be around my family. And but what I, I didn't realize because I'd been away for so long how toxic that environment was uh, on an emotional level. So in the second winter that I was there, I was having stomach issues that were sending me to the ER. And I had a toxic relationship with my boyfriend at the time, you know, my family, let's not even get into that, it's in the book, and all of that stuff. And I got an endoscopy, they diagnosed me with Barrett's esophagitis, acid reflux, they put me on meds, told me what I needed to eat, all of these things. I moved back to Florida that spring and never took a medication again, never had a stomach issue again. It was my environment. And not in the way that you're talking, like the mold or whatever. It was the emotionality getting caught in my solar plexus, which, again, lacks the confidence and the self-esteem and the, and, and the anxiety and all of that, and it lifted, and I was fine. And a doctor would never think to ask that because it's easier just to hand me pills. Right. Or that's what they were taught. Or that's the kickback they're getting. And I'll just leave it that, at that. How did you reconnect with Angela after all these years? So so Angela, um, Angela, you know, again, I said that we lived these train wreck train wrecks of lives. And mine did my own thing, but hers, she wound up in AA. 
she wound up having a, a real problem with alcohol and ugly divorce, ugly the whole the whole nine. The, again, the, the train wreck story. She wound up in AA, and probably about eight years ago or so, uh, she contacted me on Facebook to do one of the steps is I guess to apologize to anybody that you've wronged. And so she reached out to me, and I was like, Oh no, Ansel, of course I love you. I'm like, there was no problems here. And so now we're in each other's fear of influence, right? So I see her, barely a like, barely a comment, like we're not like interacting or anything like that. In 2019, in the fall of 2019, Angela um, had lost a baby in, in her pregnancy. And late in the pregnancy, like where it's like really, like really, it was just tragic. And she had just announced uh, maybe a few weeks earlier on Facebook that she was having this baby. So she had, she felt that she had to announce the loss of this baby so it didn't get uncomfortable with people asking about her pregnancy. And I had had a miscarriage a couple of years prior. When I was pregnant with my first daughter, she was a twin, lost a twin. I could totally relate. And normally I'm not one of those people on um, social media that does like the thoughts and prayers stuff. And, they're, you know, if, it, if I don't know you well, it's none of my business. You know, I just think it's it's not for me. But I was so compelled by her story. I reached out to her privately and was like, oh my God, you know, I'm really sorry, you know, the whole thing. And so now we're even closer and connect. So about six to eight months later, so now we're going into the spring, into the summer of 2020, she reaches out to me and says, I, I want, she saw my artwork online. She said, I want to commission you to do a painting of, she's got a daughter at the time, about 15 or 16. She's got a son at the time, about one or two, and then the loss of this baby. And she goes, I want you to paint a picture of me with my children and the angel baby, Joshua, that I lost. And so I'm all chills. I'm all me chills too. right now. And I, I, I knew in that moment, she wanted like this little 11 by 14. She's like, I don't have a lot of money. And I was already cutting her a deal because we were old friends. But she wanted this, this, this little painting. But I understood on some level and I couldn't explain it, but I, I even said out loud to my friends, there's something about this painting. It has to be perfect. Even to the point where I connected, because I've got the intuitive nature, I connected with this lost baby who I think is just, who just showed up. And, um, and so the painting wound up getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It wound up being 36 by 36. Like it costs her more for us to ship it than it did for me to paint it. It was just but this beautiful, magnificent painting of her and her children and and this this angel baby. And what what that did was it created this deeper connection between the two of us. So then after we did that, that's when she said to me, Hey, can I do an intuitive guidance session with you? I had already sensed through our communication, she was feeling stuck. She was in that weird space. You know, when you, when you have little children, you're it's all about pregnancy and raising these children. But when they get to like, start to get around school age, you have to kind of start to rediscover who you are. And I could feel like she was there. And then we had that intuitive guidance session. We did the whole thing about how she was feeling. And in the last two minutes, she goes, let me read this blurb to you. She read the blurb and here we are. Here we are with this amazing platform. Cool, right? I know. And that's listening. That's saying yes. That's saying yes to those nudges that we dismiss because we're so distracted by the bullshit that we that we think is important. I want to challenge our Matrix members in honor of the story. If you have a calling, if you have a curiosity within, I challenge you to let us know on social media and tag Dana and I so that we can discuss what's your next step. I'm so, 
I'm going to do this practice too. I'm going to, when I have a, a, a draw, like a spiritual pull towards something, I'm going to start writing it down and be like, mm, what, 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 what pulled to me today? Because that story, your story is incredible. Like your friend that you, you're making this spiritual army with was the one that gave you that next domino push towards the blessings of your art. I didn't know she was the one that said, hey, I want to commission you. And then the story behind it and how you got to relate to her. And I, I definitely think the baby is definitely, pre- I'm spiritual in the way that when we get chills, I think like an angel is present. Like that's oh, yeah, how I it. I don't own an intuitive lounge because I don't get the weird. Like, I, I, don't, don't even get me started. <laughs> so you, are, you are this beautiful unicorn in training. And I say in training because you're young. But you have so much to offer the world. And if our platform and what we're doing can help assist you in your progress, um, oh, my God, I would love that. And I'll tell you something else. Right now, because we're so new, we mostly are doing like mini events that are very, very inexpensive, but the workshops that actually do cost money. But we have a library in the making for people who do documentaries, for people who write books, for people who do music, art. So we're going to have, and it's going to be um, YouTube-y in, in that. However, whoever uploads or downloads or whatever you crazy kids are saying, you know, there is some sort of royalty for that. Mm-hmm. So if this is what you're doing, if you're creating things like this, like documentaries and stuff like that, it will be an awesome place. Also, oh my God, Angela and I have just started a show of our own called Cuddle Talk. And I would love you to join us. Um, if you, when you, when we're fi- finished here, you're likely going to go right on the website, right? And you're going to um, uh, register for a free account. At some point, there will be a cost for the account when everything is up and running, but a free account. And right on the first page, it says, if you want to be, a, uh, do you want to join us for Cuddle Talk? Um, fill out the submission form. Oh my God, I would love to have you. It would be awesome. It would be it's awesome. It's an honor. So Dana, your our conversation right now has been charging me so much. Like I don't even want to end the call. Like I'm just attached to your presence. And I just for our Matrix members that might feel as attached as I am, how can we find you and how can they follow your journey and personally work with you? Ooh, so the best way to find me is either on ubuntufishgallery.com which will then lead you to finduniquelyyou.com. So Ubuntu Fish Gallery is so people can have an understanding of what I do in Stewart, Florida, because I have a physical presence and they can come and visit. But finduniquelyyou.com is completely virtual. And if you go on the website and you sign up for a free account, you will not only get to see the workshops that I offer, but you'll see all these amazing new instructors and all of the things that they offer in these schools of thought that I talked about. And what's cool is you could be a part of the community and it would be great to take workshops, but you could also be a part of events that we have. And all of our events, they're going to be in the lighthouse when we develop it. But right now we have what we call their sparks because everything's sparky. It's about the star, the spark in your heart, your soul and all these things. And these sparks are anywhere under $10. 
And uh, because we have an angel book that goes up to a thousand. So we're like, what should we charge for this? And we'll flip through the book. And we're like $7 and 12 cents. All right. And then we do like the angel meeting. I'm doing on December 1st, uh, meet the author Q and a about 10 reps. And it's a 90 minute, I think it's like $5 and like 37 cents or something crazy like that. And, uh, and it's just to come. And if you read the book or if you want to read the book, you want to know more about the book to talk about it. Mm. And to and to really uncover, you know, th- those messages. And I also on Facebook, um, I have a 10 Recommendments for Personal pa- Empowerment Facebook group. Yeah, so if you're on that. Facebook, join the group. And it's a lot of me posting, but I'm really encouraging people that read the book that if something spoke to them to then, you know, share. And so we could all evolve in solidarity, you know. I love that. I joined the Facebook group. I was so hyped to see it. I saw that. I saw that. (laughs) So excited. So Matrix members, please join and and participate. Like, let's be open. Let's invite Dana to meet us because she fed my mind and my soul so much today. And I invite you to, like, take advantage of her very generous invitation. This program sounds so amazing. I can't wait to experience it. Dana, we're up to the fun part. My favorite part is the rapid fire. I get to ask you some random questions. What yeah, let's do it. <laughs> what do people mostly misunderstand about you? Hmm. You know, back in the day when I was you know, young and single and out doing my thing, I think people often misunderstood my boisterousness or lack of uh, intelligence or depth. But I find what people really don't know about me or don't understand is my level of sensitivity because the way I am outwardly, um, I mean, I'm so sensitive. My husband teases me all the time like, um, oh, my God, I'm always crying. You know, I'm just like so like in love with everything. And But you would never know that. So that's that's probably it. That's wonderful. I love that. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? I've been to quite a few places that I was in love with, but I'll tell you, I live exactly where I want to be. I love it here. I love it here. If uh, at some point I want to be closer to the water, but still where I live. But yeah, no, this is, this is, I, I am where I want to be. And that's a beautiful thing. I love it. What are three books you recommend to our Matrix members and why? <laughs> um, so... So, you know, when I was teaching in school, I, I taught English and history uh, as well as like the administrative stuff. And some of the, the books that I always gravitated towards for the kids, uh, you know, for the children, but for the kids were always books like The Celestine Prophecy, The Alchemist. Uh, Richard Bach was a really great, great author. Running from Safety was a book that I loved by him. I, I'm not an avid reader myself because I'm, I'm more of an outputter than an intaker, I guess. <laughs> But uh, but I'm I'm gonna just be silly about it, and I would recommend I would recommend Ten Rex, <laughs> the the one that I wrote. Um, I would recommend its follow up to Coding the Woo Woo, because it helps people along their spiritual journey. And a third book that I would recommend, I'm in the process of assisting a friend of mine in publishing it. Her name is Anne Marie Scordy. She's a trans channel. She's amazing i have never i know a lot of magical people i've never ever ever experienced somebody that is this gifted before and she just wrote a book 
called Happy Hour at the Water's Edge. And what it is, it's it's a it's a story. It's it's a fic, it's fiction, and it's about um, her spiritual journey. But it's really Alice in Wonderland meets The Alchemist. So anybody, oh, it's good. It's really good. And I read it a few years ago just as friends. And now I'm helping her. Like I said, I'm assisting her in the publishing process. And I read it again recently and saw it completely differently based on the differences in myself, you know? Like I said, I'm smarter than I was yesterday. But it is so brilliant how she takes this, this spiritual journey that could be so esoteric and so out there for some people and creates this cool story of this chick who's just kind of doing her thing and living, you know, flying by the seat of her pants and how she's uncovering these concepts and these universal truths through her experience. It's not available yet, but will be available by the end of the year. Keep an eye out for it. The cover is yellow. Happy hour at the water's edge. It is, it is, um, it's worth the wait for sure. I love the title too. The title in itself is so beautiful. Yeah, well, then, if you know Anne Marie, you know it's all about her gin and tonic with a squeeze of lemon because that's the magic touch, touch according to her. I love it. Thank you so much, Dana, for joining us today on the Organic Matrix. And this, this definitely is not the last episode. We have to talk more about your book when I read it, and I'm so excited to get to it. Uh, thank you. It's been my pleasure, really. To support Dana and her mission to inspire those wanting to find their personal inspiration and passion, follow her on social media and her YouTube channel. To work with Dana and check out her website, check out the links in the description below. We will have her social media and her websites and the link to her gallery. Thank you so much for joining us on The Organic Matrix. If you found value on our, in our content, please tag us on social media with your insights. All feedback will be welcomed and it helps us serve our fellow Matrix members. To stay up to date with our Matrix mentors and what we have in store for you, bookmark our website and subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. It was great to have you with us on the show and we'll love to see you on the following download. 